Well, we have two toddlers in our family, which means everything has to be fair. So I bought them a few weeks ago. Uh, I bought one of them a frozen coloring in book and one of them a Moana coloring in book. And they both felt ripped off like they wanted the other one. I bought a frozen towel and a, cow, a car's towel and they both said it wasn't fair. They wanted to swap. And every time I prepare them food, you can see them eyeing off the portion sizes on each one, just making sure that they've gotten a fair amount. I mean, we're used to hearing that from kids. That's not fair. That's not fair. We do it as adults as well, though, don't we? You know, we see things happening for someone. We see things going well in someone's life. And we think, gee, how come they get that and not me? It's not fair. God, how come they get to go on that holiday? How come they get that house and not me? How come they get that husband or wife? It's not fair. We feel a bit ripped off. And today in this passage, Jesus tells a story about a boss, a landowner, who people think is not fair. The reason Jesus is telling this story is because he wants us to know what God is like. So in his story, the, the boss represents God. And the reason people think that this boss is unfair is because of his grace. His grace. Grace is one of the most beautiful things in the Christian faith. It is the belief that God gives us what we do not deserve. God in his love and his kindness and his, in his forgiveness showers all that upon us, even though we do not deserve it. It is amazing grace. But even though it's amazing grace, sometimes it doesn't seem fair. Sometimes it's annoying grace. And they're my two points for tonight. Amazing grace and annoying grace. Firstly, amazing grace. The undeserving kindness, mercy, and compassion of God, it is amazing. And we see it all throughout this story Jesus tells. Firstly, we see the amazing grace of the landowner as he hires these workers. This guy, he owns a vineyard. He goes looking for people to work in his vineyard, and he arrives at 6 a.m. early in the morning, and he hires a bunch of them, and he offers them a denarius, which is a day's wage. But then he comes back at about 9 o'clock and hires some more people, and he says, hey, come work for me. I, I will pay you what is right, which, by the way, if all Christians, if you have staff that work for you, employees, you should pay them what is right. That's, that's the good and godly thing to do. That's what this guy says. I'll pay you what is right. And then again, 12 o'clock, again, 3 o'clock, again, 5 o'clock. He keeps going out and hiring more workers. You kind of think, is this guy nuts? Does he need some business management classes? Did he misjudge how much work was required in his vineyard? Did he not realize how much work actually went, needed to happen? And why on earth would he hire more people at 5 p.m.? Why wouldn't he just wait to the following day? It doesn't make any sense. Is this guy nuts? Well, I actually think this shows us the character of this boss. Because you've got to know the culture of the time. There was no Centrelink back then. So these people are standing around waiting for a job, waiting for work. If they didn't get hired, no money for the day, 
because you get paid the day of your work. They didn't get hired, no money, which meant no food on the table to feed your family, to feed your kids. And so I think this landowner, part of the reason he keeps going out and keeps hiring more of them is he has compassion on them. He sees them in their need and in his love and in his compassion, he longs to give them work. And Jesus is telling this story so we understand what God is like. That's why verse 1 it says, for the kingdom of heaven is like a landowner. That is our God. He is compassionate. He is generous. He loves us. He forgives us. He sees our need and he cares for us. And he takes the initiative just like the landowner. The the landowner, he could have sent someone else to go and hire the workers. No, he goes out personally on his own, time after time after time again. And so it is with our God. He comes out to us. He takes the initiative. He, he, He comes to us in the person of Jesus. Jesus enters our world and our mess and our pain so that we could know his love and his grace. He dies on the cross so that we could be God's child. He takes the initiative. And just like that landowner goes out and goes out and goes out, it is the same with God today. God longs to see people know his love and his grace, and he keeps going out. He keeps going out as we preach his word, as we teach, as we become friends with people in our workplaces or in the soccer field. God is working through us, and he is going out calling people to him. You see, every Christian is like a worker in God's field. We are we're saved by grace, but we're saved to serve him. Jesus says that the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. God today is still calling people to himself to be a worker in his field, to serve him, to live for him. That is God, compassionate, seeing this landowner. He sees these workers in need and he has compassion. I also think we see the grace of this landowner because of who he hires. You think about those people that he hires at 5 p.m. Why are they still standing there at 5 p.m.? I think it's because they're the workers that no one else wanted. Many bosses had gone there throughout the day looking for workers, these were the leftovers. Perhaps they were old. Perhaps they were weak. Perhaps they were incompetent. But this landowner doesn't judge them like other people judge them. He goes out, and even at 5 p.m., he wants them. Now, that's grace. Because grace is what we don't deserve. And our God never judges like the world judges. He doesn't see people like the world sees. He is generous and full of grace and longs to shower his love on even the people that the world overlooks. The last in the world's eyes are the first in God's eyes. And then we see the grace of this boss in what he pays them. He gives these workers that he hires at 5 p.m., 
a day's wage, a denarius. Now, in a, a day's wage, I looked it up in Australia, the average day's wage is $380 before tax. So these guys, they get paid a day's wage for an hour's work. Now, again, what kind of a crazy boss is this? Why would you waste your money like that? Why would you pay someone for an hour's work the same amount you're paying someone else for 12 hours? It's because this, this guy is not operating on the system of merit. This guy is not operating on, on the system of, of what he's done and works and what he's owed. This boss is thinking with grace. He is giving what is not deserved. The least desirable workers, the ones who only work for an hour, they are still given a day's wage. It doesn't make financial sense. And neither does the grace of God. God's grace is totally wild. God's grace is totally radical. It is nuts. It is wild. It is crazy. It is lavish. It is incredible that God would send his one and only son, Jesus Christ, to die for sinners like you and me, to take our place. Even though he'd never done anything wrong, he would die in our place. I mean, that is radical. And if you're here today and you've been a Christian for a while, I hope it is still amazing grace to you. Because it's easy, after you've been a Christian for a while, to forget how amazing it truly is that you deserved death and Jesus died in your place and that you now have a seat in the throne room of heaven. It is amazing grace. And if you are here tonight and you've never followed Jesus, and maybe you've been given the impression that being a Christian is all about being a good person and doing good things. It is not. It is about grace, what Jesus has done on the cross. All we can do is receive his forgiveness, turning to him in faith. It is amazing grace, and I long for you to know it. Amazing grace. But here's the thing, this amazing grace, sometimes, to you and me, is annoying grace. It's annoying grace. The boss is there, and he, it's time to pay the workers. And he pays them in reverse order. Firstly, he pays the ones who worked last. And he pays these guys who worked about an hour, he pays them a denarius. Now, the people that were hired at 6 a.m. are watching this. And they're thinking to themselves, whoa, this is awesome. Look at this. We have hit the jackpot today. Of all the different bosses that have hired us, this is our lucky day. Because this guy just got paid a denarius for an hour's work. What are we going to get paid? This is awesome. We're going to be able to finally go on that holiday we've always dreamed of. I mean, we worked 12 hours more than this guy. And then they get paid the exact same amount. And so they grumble. Now, across the Bible, grumbling comes up a lot as a sin. 
James chapter 5, verse 9, don't grumble against one another, brothers and sisters. Philippians 2, verse 14, do everything without grumbling. It comes up over and over again. Why are these guys grumbling? Look in your Bibles there at verse 11. When they received it, they began to grumble against the landowner. These who were hired last worked only one hour, they said, and you have made them equal to us who have borne the burden of the work and the heat of the day. But he answered one of them, I'm not being unfair to you, friend. Didn't you agree to work for a denarius? Take your pay and go. I want to give the one who was hired last the same as I gave you. Don't I have the right to do what I want with my own money? Or are you envious because I am generous? Now, if you think about it, these people who are grumbling, they've kind of got a point, don't they? I mean, if this were happening in Sydney, the unions would get involved. I mean, when we see someone who is not being paid fairly, we get upset. If we see a woman doing the exact same job as a man, just as qualified, same hours, and they're getting paid less, that is a bad thing, and rightly so. We live in a culture where people are paid. Now, this passage is not about employment in, in Sydney 2023 and how you pay your, your staff, just making that very clear. This is a point Jesus is making about God's character. But it's true, though. It is, it's pretty shocking. Like, why? You can understand, can't you, why these first workers were so annoyed. But Jesus says, well, the landowner says, actually, I'm not being unfair. You're getting what you agree to. You're getting a denarius. But their issue is, you have made them equal to us. See, the issue is not that they're getting paid less than what they owed. They were owed. They agreed to a denarius. What their real issue is, is the generosity being shown to the last workers. You see? See, they are thinking with the mindset of merit. I have worked this amount, and so I am owed this, and I deserve this. And they're grumbling, and they're not thankful, and they see someone who is receiving great generosity and grace, and they are upset. And let's be honest, you and I can easily grumble just like this when we see God's grace to others. We sometimes can feel like God has ripped us off, like we've got a bad end of the deal. God, is, why does that person get to have that house and why am I living where I am? It's not fair. God, why is that person married and, and not me? God, I've gone on the mission field for you. I'm a pastor. I've given up my career. I've done so much. Why aren't you holding up your end of the bargain? God, why is that person living a healthy life and I'm sick? God, it's not fair. God, I've given up so much for you. And what we do, we see the kindness of God to other people and we resent it. We resent them. We get bitter. We grumble. Or maybe we're here and we are the first. Jesus is telling the story, the first will be last, the last will be first. Maybe we are the first. 
So maybe you are here and you've been a Christian for a few decades. And you keep being a Christian for the rest of your life and you give your money to God's church. You give generously. You serve in ministry. You give up so much time. You do so much for the Lord. Make sacrificial decisions. And then you see someone who lives their whole life for themselves, ignoring God. And on their deathbed, they turn to Jesus. And they get eternal life just like you, even though you were the first. And you think, God, that's not fair. You may know the story of Ted Bundy. Ted Bundy was an awful man. He murdered and raped 36 women and girls. But he claimed right before he died to have become a Christian. Now, I don't know his heart. I I don't know his heart. I don't know whether he truly did. But let's just assume that he really did. And you get to heaven and take your seat at heaven's banquet. And there's Ted Bundy sitting right there. How do you feel? That's just so radical about grace. It is totally undeserved. Some of the people who we think are last end up being first, and those who we think are first end up being last. It's totally radical. And when you operate under the system of merit, that God rewards us based on what we do, you end up grumbling. It's like the story of the prodigal son. This dad, he's got two sons. And the younger son, he wastes all his dad's money, runs away, squanders it on wild living, rejects his dad. Then he hits rock bottom, comes back to his dad and says, sorry. And his dad, rather than getting angry at him, his dad throws a party. He says, rejoice. But while the party's going on, the music's pumping, the older brother, he hasn't walked into the party. He's outside and he's sulking. He's got his arms crossed. And his dad goes out and says, son, why, why aren't you in the party? And he says, dad, I never ran away from you. I never wasted your money. Dad, all these years I've been slaving for you. And you never threw me a party. You see, this guy, the older brother, he's operating on a system of merit. I have done this and I have done that, but this person hasn't, and so why are they getting grace? Now, when you think like that, notice how he describes his relationship with his dad. All these years I've been slaving for you. When you think that your relationship with God is built on the fact that you have earned it and done good things, it becomes a slave relationship. You are working to earn. Grace is the opposite. We are God's children because we are saved because of what Jesus has done. It is grace. And so we serve him not as a slave, but joyfully because we want to, because we have been saved and rescued. 
See, when you understand grace, it transforms everything. But if you are thinking based on merit, you become proud. You become bitter when you see grace shown to others. The reason why Jesus tells this story is back in the previous chapter, chapter 19, Peter in verse 27 of chapter 19 says to Jesus, Hey, Jesus, we have left everything to follow you. What then will there be for us? So Peter's saying to Jesus, Hey, Jesus, I am the first. I'm one of the apostles. I'm going to go on and write a book of the New Testament. People are going to be talking about me. So Jesus, what's in it for me? You know, what am I going to get? Jesus tells this story. The last to be first, the first to be last. Don't get so proud and think that you are better and superior and forget the grace of God. Do you ever find God's grace annoying? (laughs) I want you to imagine your worst enemy right now. Imagine your worst enemy. Imagine the person that just thinking about them makes you tense up. And imagine that they become a Christian. And you only discover that when you arrive in heaven and you see your worst enemy right there, receiving eternal life just like you. You see, we can be a bit like the Pharisees. The Pharisees watch Jesus talking to the tax collectors and sinners, and they're going, what on earth, Jesus? They don't deserve that. Maybe you're one of the first. Maybe you've been at this church for a while, you've been at 6 p.m. for a while, and you've seen new people join, and things have changed, and, and you kind of resent the newcomers and resent the growth. Maybe you're here, and you serve a lot in church. And let's be honest, there are some people, I'm guessing here at 6 p.m., who serve more than others. I'm not going to get uh, the pastors here to read out a list. But, uh, you know, and you know that you serve a lot and you give up a lot of time. And you know there's other people here who don't serve as much. But you know that they're going to get eternal life just like you. I'm thinking, God, that's not fair. That's not fair. Or maybe you're part of a church that is small and struggling. Your church has been there in the community for decades, serving faithfully. And then a new church plant opens up around the corner. And it grows quickly and people become Christians. And you're thinking, God, we were the first. We were here first. And where's our growth? This is not fair. Do you see how easily it happens? resenting the grace shown to others. 6 p.m. God is never unfair. None of us are ever shortchanged. None of us are ever ripped off. Because God does not owe us anything. What we deserve is judgment for our sin. And it is only when we understand that that we realize how amazing grace is. R.C. Sproul, he says this, if we were to try to list everything God owes us, 
it would be the easiest task we were ever assigned, one we could complete in record time. The truth is, God owes us nothing except his wrath as punishment for all our sins. A much more challenging assignment would be to try to write down all the things we owe God. We would never complete that task. Everything we have comes from him because he mercifully provides it. Reminds me of Ephesians chapter 2. For it is by grace you've been saved through faith, and this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works so that no one could boast. Why this is really challenging is what Jesus says at the end, verse 16. So the last will be first, the first will be last. It's how he begins the story at the end of chapter 19, and it's how he ends the story in verse 16 of chapter 20. Because that's the topsy-turvy kingdom of Jesus. It turns everything on its head. And one day, at Judgment Day, we're gonna, there's going to be a lot of surprises. The people that look like the first end up being the last. The people who look like the last end up being the first. You think of the rich young ruler in the passage we heard read. He looks like the first. He's rich in the eyes of the world. Pretty impressive guy. Ruler. But he doesn't end up in the kingdom because he loves his money. Think of the children in the story. The children that come to Jesus, they look like the last. They represent those who are weak and vulnerable and those who aren't that impressive, but they end up as the first. They enter the kingdom. Judas, one of the first apostles, he's a first, ends up betraying a Jesus, a last. The thief on the cross, he's got to be a last. He's a thief. He never got a chance to join a church, never got a chance to join a connect group or sign up for a roster. But Jesus says to him, today you will be with me in paradise, a first. That's how the kingdom of God works. And the danger for us is we may think we're a first. But we are so proud and we think it's based on what we've done and we forget grace and because of our pride, we become a last. Friends, will you listen to this warning? Grace is amazing. I hope it is amazing to you. To find it amazing, we've got to keep humbling ourselves remembering what we deserve because of our sin and basking in the joy of being forgiven and the radical, crazy love we have received. Perhaps tonight you need to repent of your pride. Perhaps tonight you need to ask God to change your heart so that you no longer grumble you're no longer bitter of the grace that God has shown to others. But instead, you're thankful. Instead, you rejoice when you see God saving others. Instead, you pray and long to see God save more and more people. This is amazing grace. It is crazy. It is radical. It is undeserved. It is boundless. It is free. Amazing grace.
Let's pray. Our Lord and Heavenly Father, we thank you that while we were still sinners, you sent your Son, Jesus, to die for us in our place for our sin. We thank you for your love and your mercy. Please forgive us for the times that we forget this amazing grace. Forgive us for our pride and give us a joy as we see your grace shown to others. In Jesus' name.